Well, today we're in part three of our, of our broken series, and today we're going to be talking about broken relationships. Now, months ago when we started preparing for this series and I found out that I was going to be speaking on broken relationships, I was kind of like, oh, really? That's a, that's a bit of a bummer. You know, I wasn't too excited about it. Now, many of you have heard the story of how my wife Julie and I have met over 20 years ago on eHarmony, and that relationship has worked out great. But it's the only romantic relationship in my life that hasn't ended in brokenness. You know, it's funny how that works. But all the ones prior to that, they kind of ended in brokenness. And so growing up, I didn't date a lot. There were a lot of girls I had crushes on throughout middle school and high school, like, like most people. Uh, but I never really had my first real relationship of any length until after I was out of high school. I'd already moved from upstate New York across the country to Southern California. I was about 19 years old, and I'm serving in our church and student ministries. I had just learned how to play the guitar. I was real excited about that. And then this opportunity came up for me to fill in and lead worship one morning uh, for our student ministry while the normal worship band was away. So I was like, all right, this is awesome. At the same time, I also had a crush on this girl. So I knew she was a singer. So I saw this as an opportunity to invite her to lead worship with me. My best friend, Derek, he played guitar and could sing really well. So I asked him, and he had a girlfriend, and she was a great singer. So I put together this little worship band in, in a, a matter of a couple days here. Um, and we ended up leading worship that Sunday. It went great. But turns out the reason that we were asked to lead worship, or that I was asked to lead worship, is our normal worship band was doing an audition at another church to become their worship team. Turns out they get the gig, so now they're like, what I thought was a one-week fill-in, I'm asked to do week after week. Good thing I'd already assembled this little you know, mini band together, right? And so I'm thinking, this is great news, because this girl I have a crush on, well, we can start having rehearsals every other day, you know, right? Let's do a lot of practice, and then I can even take her home and drive her home after practice. So I'm thinking, this is great news. So this went on for several months, and finally I get the courage to ask her out, and she says yes, and we start dating. And, and like most young relationships, the first couple weeks, the first couple months, they go really good a lot of the time, don't they? But then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of, it doesn't go so good. And you don't always know the answer to that, do you? So we end up breaking up. And I wouldn't say that it was a mutual we broke up. It was more of a one-sided, she decided we wouldn't be seeing each other anymore. So <laughs> let me just say, worship practice was not as much fun to be at anymore. I, I'm there trying to leave worship, trying to practice. I got my ex-girlfriend to make things even worse. My buddy Derek and his girlfriend, things aren't going so good in their relationship. Is this normal for other 19 and 20-year-olds? Anybody seen? All right, all right, it's not just me. So turns out he was really into his 66 Chevelle car, a little bit more than his girlfriend. All his money kind of went into the car, and so she didn't like being second place in that relationship. So they end up having a break. They end up breaking up as well. So worship practice even better now. Imagine all the drama going on in this little setting, right? Meanwhile, we're scheduled to lead worship every Wednesday, every Sunday. We even have some summer camps that we're going to be out for an entire week leading worship. So you got Jake, Derek, and their ex-girlfriends coming to lead worship in a town near you. And it was just like, oh my goodness, crazy, crazy drama, right? Now, I know many people end up going through a couple different broken relationships uh, throughout their life. But I remember as I went through this, there were just moments where it wasn't fun. 
Um, there were moments where I'd cry out to God, God, why did you take her from me? Why didn't that relationship work out? We were doing everything right. We led worship together, so of course this should work out. We were doing really good with the whole true love waits thing, so why didn't this relationship work out? And I remember as I was going through this broken relationship, there were times and, and moments throughout my life where I started just my writing, it got really dark and depressing. I remember feeling lost. I remember feeling alone, feeling abandoned. I felt like God had deserted me. I remember getting mad at God. I even remember having suicidal thoughts at moments. I remember getting angry and bitter to all the people around me, and I didn't know why. I just had this, this anger and hardness in my heart because a relationship had been broken. A few years later, I would go through a similar experience in another dating relationship, kind of ended up in the same spot, asking a lot of the same questions, feeling a lot of the same emotions, a lot of the same hurt. And after going through a few tough breakups, I remember thinking, maybe there was nobody out there for me. But as difficult as it was to go through those relationships, in those moments, I did learn a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the man that I needed to be in a relationship. I learned a lot about the qualities that I should look for in another person. And the truth is, both my wife Julie and I, before we found each other, we experienced a lot of brokenness in our past dating relationships. But I truly believe that we are the people we are today because we know what it's like to be on the other side of brokenness. And I think there is, as crazy as this sounds, I think there is some value in having your heart broken. Anybody agree with that? That's a, a tough statement. But because once you know that feeling, you're a whole lot more careful when you're entrusted with someone else's heart, aren't you? And so I know what it's like to experience broken relationships when it, when it came to my early dating days, I've, but I've also experienced broken relationships in other areas of my life. I've experienced broken relationships with some really good friends. I've experienced broken relationships with some of my siblings. For those of you who don't know, I'm one of 12, so there's ample opportunity to have broken relationships with 12 of us. I've experienced broken relationships with previous employers. I've even experienced some broken relationships with some of my mentors throughout my life. One of my favorite people in all my life, his name is Bill. He got me, he was, he was a, a mentor when I was in my late teens, early 20s. He's the one who really kind of turned on this adventure, outdoor excitement kind of thing that you know I love so much in my life. He's the kind of guy who got that ignited. And so we started leading trips together, going into the Grand Canyon, did that for many years. And then I, I kind of ventured out on my own and started leading my own trips to Zion National Park. And what that did, it kind of created some uh, emotions uh, of hurt and jealousy between us. And we kind of agree on what those trips should look like. And we kind of butted heads on safety issues. And do we require everyone to wear a helmet or keep it an option? And we just, it kind of led to some hurt and brokenness. And I remember he was a huge mentor in my life. And there were years where we didn't talk. And years ago, we did reach out and tried to reconcile. And, and, and you know, we said our, our I'm sorry's. You know, we tried to reconcile as best we could. But I, I, deep down, I feel like that relationship will never be as strong as it was before it was broken. You see, the world in which we live today, the reality is that relationships are difficult. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> you know, we've all had relationships that have been fractured, relationships that need to be fixed. And so unless you're living your life in complete isolation, there's a pretty good chance that you've probably experienced some sort of brokenness 
or some sort of fractured relationship throughout your life. And maybe for some of you, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in person today, you might be going through a difficult relationship right now with someone. It might feel like that relationship you know, is about to break, or maybe it's so much farther than that. Maybe that relationship feels so broken and feels like nothing could ever bring that relationship back to a good point. The damage has been done, the relationship's broken, and maybe you've lost hope that that relationship could ever be fixed or restored. And if that's you today, first, I wanna tell you that, that you're not alone. You might feel alone. You might feel like no one else understands what you're going through. You might feel as if no one else has suffered as much as you're suffering when it comes to that relationship. You might feel as if God has deserted you. You might feel as if God doesn't even hear your prayers anymore. But I assure you, you are not alone. I assure you, God has not deserted you. Let me just prove here that you're not alone. So all across the room, if I can get everyone, go ahead, just close your eyes for just a second. I'm going to ask you to be bold here for just a moment. So if you've ever experienced heartache or brokenness in a relationship with all the eyes closed, just go ahead and raise your hand. All right, go ahead and open your eyes to look around. Keep those hands up if you had them up. There's hands up all across the room. So you are not alone. You're not the only one who's experienced some brokenness when it comes to a relationship. I'm going to ask you one more thing. If you've ever had a broken relationship that you thought was beyond repair, but then somehow it got restored, go ahead and raise your hand again. And some of you might even be sitting next to that person where you thought there was no way this relationship could ever be fixed again. But just seeing those hands go up there on that second time, that gives me so much hope, that gives me so much encouragement that God can restore, that God can fix the broken relationships in our life. So one, you're not alone, and two, God has not deserted you. He has heard every prayer. He has, he has wiped every tear. He's been with you every sleepless night. Look at this verse here in, in, in Psalm 56. It says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know, God is on my side. You are not alone. God has not deserted you. God is on your side. God is for you. You know, brokenness is something that we're all going to experience at one time or another, especially when it comes to relationships in our lives. You see, this goes back all the way to the Garden of Eden, because at the fall, we entered into a broken world when sin entered the world at the fall. And so if you have your Bibles or Bible app, go ahead and make your way to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look at the very first human-to-human relationship found in the Bible. And so I'm going to set this story up for you. As we've already determined, one, relationships are difficult. But even though relationships can be difficult, relationships are necessary. Now, during the creation account, each day God would speak something into existence, and then it would happen just as he said. God would then take a moment and look back and reflect on his creation. He would evaluate it. And throughout the first five days of creation, what does God say? He says, it is good. He looks at it, evaluates it, says, it is good. But then on the sixth day, God creates Adam. He puts him in the garden. He gives Adam the responsibility of taking care of the earth and naming the animals. And then this is where, for the first time, we see a different phrase. We see the the phrase, not good. 
Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. It is not good for us to be alone. God desires for us to be in community with others. Verse 19. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. And go to the next slide. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Don't you love Adam's response right there? At last, Imagine him working in the garden, given the task of naming all those animals, and that must have been a pretty exhausting job. I mean, how how deep was his vocabulary at this point, right? So he's just naming animals. He's seeing them. He's probably seeing multiples of each kind together, and he's looking and looking, and the more he looks around, he notices, there's no one else like me. I'm the only one here. I'm all alone. And, And so here it is on the sixth day, that God takes note of Adam's aloneness. And he says, it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. So there was this moment during creation where things were not good. And that's when man was alone. But by the end of the sixth day, no longer is it good. Check this out. It says, God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was not just good. It was very good. Now, look, I get it. There's times where it sure seems good to be alone, right? For instance, how much easier would your job be if you didn't have to deal with people? Yeah, I once heard a pastor say that the the best part of his job was dealing with people, but the hardest part of his job was dealing with people. You know, people can be difficult. Relationships are difficult. And you can try to limit your interaction with others, You can close yourself off to the world and try to limit the amount of hurt and heartbreak that you allow into your life. But at the end of the day, we were created not only to be in relationship with God, but we were created to be in relationship with others. We were created for community. Now, in the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews, he's encouraging Christ's followers to continue to meet together. He says this in Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So let me ask you today, are you in community with other Christ followers? Now, if you watch online or you make the the point to be here in person on Sunday, I'm I'm glad that you make that a priority in your life. But let let me tell you, that is not the end goal. That is just the beginning. That is just the starting point. This is to put you in an environment where it's easier for us to help connect you to God and to help connect you to others. And so on Sunday mornings, we gather together for worship. We gather together to receive teaching. But if you truly want to grow in your relationship with God and if you truly want to grow in your relationship with others, that is best done in community. I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the service, but I'm going to mention it again because it is so important. If you are not part of a community group here at Epic, 
Make sure you sign up today at the group's table. We will help you get plugged in to a group. You will be connected to others and you will grow like you've never grown before in your walk with Christ. It is not good for us to be alone. We need to be in relationship with others. We need to be in community. So yes, relationships are difficult and relationships are necessary. But as we're gonna see here, going into the next chapter in Genesis chapter three, relationships can break. So let's pick it up here, the last verse in Genesis two. Genesis 2, 25, it says, now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Now at this point, sin had not yet entered the world, so there's no need for shame. But that's all about the change here in the first few verses in chapter three. Genesis three, verse one. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat, eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. Next verse. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. The serpent replies, he says, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Verse, next verse, she says, so she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now at the end of Genesis chapter two, Adam and Eve were naked but felt no shame. Now after they've given into temptation, something happened. Their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked and they felt shameful. In Genesis three, verse six, the entire course of human history would forever be changed when it says she took some of the fruit and ate it. Sin had now entered the world and with it came brokenness, which would seep into every part of creation. If you look around this sinful, broken, fallen world, it's evident that there's so much brokenness and tragedy in the world today. There are terrorist attacks, mass shootings, racial prejudice, broken marriages, physical and emotional abuse, anxiety, mental health issues. Understand, this is not, this is not how God intended the world to be. This is not very good. As a matter of fact, when you observe the world in which we live, quite often you would say, this is the opposite of anything that I would ever call very good. So at the fall, sin entered the world, and in an instant, mankind's relationship with God was broken, and the relationship between man and woman was broken as well. Adam and Eve, they're ashamed, so they, they covered themselves in fig leaves. And in verse 8, it says, they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Have you ever tried to play hide and seek with God? <laughs> it doesn't work too well. God already knows where you are. He already knows what you've done. But, but here he says, Adam, where are you? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? God, he already knew where Adam was. He knew what they had done, but he's giving them a chance here to confess what they've done. 
If you're familiar with the rest of the story, instead of confessing their sin and owning up to their mistakes, they begin to do what? They begin to play the blame game. Adam first blames God. Adam says, it was the woman that you gave me. Then he decides, you know what? I'm going to blame Eve. She gave me the fruit, and I ate of it. Then Eve, she decides to blame the serpent. She says, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate. So as the story continues, there's going to be more examples of broken relationships throughout this family. Adam and Eve's very first two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain will murder Abel out of jealousy. A few generations later, Abram and his nephew Lot are going to have a conflict because the land cannot sustain both of their families. So they're going to separate in part ways. Jacob and Esau, Jacob deceives his father. He pretends to be his, his older brother so he can receive and steal his father's blessings. And so Esau is filled with hatred toward Jacob. Joseph's brothers are going to throw him into a pit and sell him off to be a slave. And this is all just in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. And so how many relationships have you seen break down in your life because rather than admitting your mistakes and asking for forgiveness, you ended up playing the blame game instead? Relationships are difficult. Relationships are necessary. Relationships can break. But broken relationships need to be fixed. Romans 5.12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Once sin entered the world, generation after generation would be born into a sinful nature separated from God. Our relationship with God was broken and needed to be fixed. If you jump down a few verses to Romans 5, 18 to 19, it says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. You see, after the fall, the rest of the Bible, from Genesis chapter 3 on, it's a story of redemption. It's a story of Jesus coming to earth to restore the brokenness, the broken relationship that happened at the fall. And this relationship was broken, and it so desperately needed to be fixed. But you know what? There's nothing that you, nothing that I, nothing that anyone could do to ever fix that brokenness. No amount of good works, no amount of burnt sacrifices, no amount of giving or tithing, no amount of anything that we could ever do on our own could fix that relationship. Romans 5, 6, listen to what it calls us in Romans 5, 6. It says, we were utterly helpless. We were utterly helpless. But here's the good news. Romans 5, 6, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. If you jump down to verse 10, it says, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still sinners, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Jesus fixed our broken relationship with God by coming to us at just the right time and taking the blame on our behalf. So see, rather than playing the blame game, rather than placing the blame on us, Jesus put the blame on himself. Jesus took our sin, put it on himself. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin 
so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So as you take a moment today and think about the broken relationships in your life, the broken relationships between you and God, the broken relationships between you and others, what can you do to fix those relationships? Well, the broken relationship between you and God, like I already said, there is nothing that you can do. That's something that only Jesus could do, and it's something that he's already done. So all we can do is accept that. And it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So how can you fix your broken relationship with others? Well, you have a couple options. One, you can do nothing. If you do nothing, there's a good chance that relationship is probably going to stay broken. So if you want to fix that broken relationship in your life, here's what I encourage you to do. Consider what Jesus did for you. Jesus came to restore your broken relationship with him. And so if you, if you wish to restore the broken relationships in your life, here's what I want you to do. Begin by going toward the other person. Even though Jesus wasn't guilty of any sin, he came toward us. He took the blame. And so when you approach others, be willing to take the blame. Is that easy for anybody? I don't see a whole bunch of hands going up. It's not easy to take the blame in a situation. It's so much easier to blame others. But when you're going toward that person, be willing to take the blame, even if it's not your fault. Even if you don't think you did anything wrong, because guess what? In your relationship with God, he didn't do anything wrong. But he still came and took the blame on our behalf. And when you go to that other person, just say, I'll own whatever it is that's come between us. I'm sorry for whatever I've done that, that has hurt this relationship. Offer forgiveness. Say, I forgive you for whatever hurt you for whatever hurt you may have caused, offer forgiveness. Sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's intentional. Just apologize, say I'm sorry if I've hurt you intentionally or unintentionally. And then ask if there's anything that you can do to restore the relationship. Now what if I told you that if you have a broken relationship in your life, that God doesn't want your worship? I know that sounds wrong, right? That's not something you're used to hearing a pastor saying God doesn't want your worship. But if you have an issue with a brother or sister in Christ, God wants you to actually leave worship. God wants you to leave church. He wants you to leave worship and go and fix that relationship. Listen to what Jesus says here in Matthew 5. He says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. You see, fixing our broken relationships, which is called reconciliation, that is more important to God than your worship. God wants us to be in right standing with others before we approach him with our worship. As Christ followers, we need to be willing to confront and to make every effort to reconcile those broken relationships in our life. If you're a parent of multiple children, I'm going to give you an analogy, an analogy that you might be able to resonate with. Imagine one of your children coming to you at the end of a day. They, they, get, they crawl up on your lap and, and snuggle up, and, and they just want to spend some time with you and tell you how much they love you. Meanwhile, all day long, 
You watched as that child belittled your other siblings, was mean, was selfish. Maybe even, even there was some bullying and manipulation going on. You watched that attitude all day and you watched that conflict between your children. And then they come to you at the end of the day and they want to tell you how much they love you. As a parent, what would you want? Wouldn't you want to say, why don't you go show some of that love to those people you were hurting? Why don't you go and fix that relationship? Why don't you go say, sorry, I'm so sorry for how I acted today. Please forgive me. Go fix that relationship. Then come back and tell me how much you love me. And that's how it is with God. God is our father and we are all God's children. And so when we have a conflict with another human being, every human being that you come in contact with, guess what? They're God's son. They're God's daughter. And God wants you to go and fix that relationship with them before you come and say, God, you're awesome. I love you so much. Because how can you love God whom you can't see when you hate your fellow man who you can't see? Go and fix those relationships that are broken in your life. You know, maybe you've never thought about how your broken relationship with others could impact your relationship with God. But hear me today, church. It is so important that we get our hearts right with others before we give God our worship. If you've ever come to church with bitterness or an angry attitude in your heart towards someone else, do you ever notice how difficult it is to truly give God all of your worship? Don't you find yourself just singing words but not really meaning them? You just feel like this half-hearted worship when you're carrying bitterness and anger and resentment toward someone else. So leave your gift, leave your worship, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. So as we get ready to close today, maybe God has been speaking to you through this teaching. Maybe God keeps bringing to mind a relationship in your life that has been fractured, that has been broken, and that needs to be fixed. And so we're gonna end with a special song today. And during this song, you can stay in your seat. And rather than singing and worshiping him, I want you to take a few moments and just talk to God. Ask him what steps you can take to fix that broken relationship in your life. And then take a few moments and commit to God that you will take some steps this week, not months from now, not a year from now. What can you do this week to help fix that broken relationship. You see, in our earthly relationships, it's good for us to be in relationship, but people are always gonna let us down. We're gonna let others down. There's gonna be brokenness. But remember this, God will never let you down. God will never disappoint you. So we're gonna have a moment today to just call out to God, say, God, help me in this situation. Psalm 34 says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. You see, we live in a broken, in a fallen world. As long as we're surrounded by such brokenness, we're gonna to continue to experience broken relationships. But just because they're broken today, it doesn't mean they have to stay that way. Broken relationships don't need to stay broken. They can be fixed. So the band's gonna come out and lead us in a, in a song.
by a, by a band called Coldplay. It's one of my favorite bands. And this song's called Fix You. It's actually my wife's favorite song. And what this song talks about, it talks about uh, desperately wanting to do whatever it takes to help fix the brokenness that we often experience on this side of eternity. And church, I, I, I gotta tell you, I get so excited about the day when we're no longer living in a broken world. In the book of Revelation, we get a glimpse of that. Revelation 21.4 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. But until that day, until that day when Jesus wipes away every tear, until that day when there will be no more death, when there will be no more sorrow, until that day, let's commit to do everything that we can to fix the broken relationships in our world. And pray with me. Father, first of all, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you for fixing that broken relationship between you and us. That broken relationship that was a result of sin. There was nothing that we could ever do when we realized that. So we just want to say thank you. And Father, I ask right now, Lord, for whatever broken relationships we have in our lives, Lord, that you will help us as we make every effort to fix those relationships. Lord, give us your spirit of humility. Let us be willing to take the blame. Let us be willing to start those difficult conversations and say, I know our relationship isn't right. I'm sorry, what can I do to help fix that relationship? Guide us through that, Father. Help us this week to make some progress toward fixing those relationships. It's in your name we pray, amen.